my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, it's Will here in the studio with my good friend uh, Brenton and we are kicking off the rest of our theme, The Bible, Jesus and the end times and so we want to welcome all our loyal listeners out there wherever you are in radio land uh, across the adelaide metro region or across the country we want to invite you and say a very warm welcome to each and every one of you we're continuing our theme and we're at the tail end of the week and we've been looking at this theme the bible jesus and the end times and pastor brennan um we have a wonderful topic that we're going to be uh, unpacking and uh which is Apocalyptic books Should they scare us Or should they scare me That's probably not a question That's been asked very often I wouldn't think I will Yes So uh, let's see what we can do With it this afternoon Using the word of God Yes Looking forward to it And so We want to we hope that you have a um, a wonderful time with us. We hope that it will yeah, spark some interest into this uh, topic. But overarching theme is the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. And we hope that you will have a great time uh, listening into our today's program. So as we always do at the top of the show, we want to uh, start with a World Watch uh, segment, which is an article that we like to share. And today's article, uh, Pastor Brennan, I want to share an article. It's a little bit close to our hearts dealing with a particular uh, Christian pastor, and um, this article is written, it, the title of the article is, Thou shall not witness a pastor faces prison time for sharing his faith. Yeah, it's a very, um, yeah, pretty sober article certainly, title there. Certainly not the 11th commandment, is not it? Not the 11th thou commandment. Thou shalt not witness. Yes. <laughs> if there was an 11th one, it should be thou shalt witness. Thou shalt. <laughs> Spot on. I agree with you, Pastor Brennan. So um, this article was taken off the um, amazingfacts.org website, off their amazing AF blog, Amazing Facts blog, and this was posted just a few days ago um, by author uh, Milo Jones. So here we go. Um, So the article uh, says here, um, if I could just pull it up here for a moment, it says, every so often... Christians need a reminder not to take our freedoms for granted, but to be grateful for them. Such a reminder came in a press release on January 25th, 2024. So it's just not too long ago. From Alliance Defending Freedom, otherwise known as ADF International, stating that the Nepali Supreme Court released an order two days prior for a pastor to serve one year in prison for something he did back in March 2020. What was his crime? Inviting a married couple to his house for prayer. So here's the timeline. On March 23, 2020, Kishab Raj Asharia, I think, who pastors a church in Pakara, Nepal, received a phone call from a man requesting prayer for his sick wife. Pastor Kishab invited them to his house so he could pray for them. But when he heard a knock on his door that evening, he was surprised to see not the married couple, but four police officers. They had come to arrest him. Since they were not in uniform, Kishab's wife wasn't sure if they were policemen until later. His two boys were too young to understand what was happening. Yeah. And it says, he's quoted as saying, I never thought that they would arrest me because I prayed for people and preached the gospel, said the pastor. And while in jail, he's quoted, he said, quote, I would cry out to the Lord in concern for his wife and his little boys. Yes, of course. Yeah, so a few days later on April 
8th, 2020, was his wife's birthday. She had asked God for one present, her husband's release. That day, she received a phone call from the authorities asking her to bring his bail money. And she's quoted saying, I sat with him for a moment and I prayed, thanking God for hearing my prayers, she is quoted as saying. However, she reported having only 10 minutes with him before he was handcuffed again on charges of, quote, outraging religious feelings and proselytizing. He had been targeted not only for praying publicly, but for sharing gospel tracts in violation of the country's anti-conversion laws. In November 2021, he was sentenced to two years in prison and fined 20,000 Nepali rupees, or about $150 US. That would be a fair bit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, However, in July 2022, the Jumla High Court, an appeals court, reduced his sentence to one year following an appeal. Conflicting reports about different appeals and bail releases makes it difficult to determine exactly how much time Pastor Kishab spent behind bars. Well, skip a few lines later. On <coughs> on January 23rd, 2024, so this just happened last month. Oh, so the Supreme ago. Yeah. The Supreme Court upholding the High Court's decision released an order for Kishab to serve his one-year sentence. His only hope now is getting the High Court to reduce his sentence to a fine. Um, but hasn't know, he already served three no, years in jail? Well, he, he originally got convicted sentenced? in 2020. He got convicted? Yeah, he got co- convicted in 2020. Yeah, but he wasn't sentenced. He wasn't sentenced stage. yet. So he's already served three years, and now they're saying, let's add another one to that. Yeah, well, the article it it's a bit, a bit vague of <clears throat> what a, you know how much time he served from that initial arresting in the... Uh, Back in 2020. Um, so the article then goes on, uh, Pastor Brandon, to talk about some of the anti conversion laws in, um, in, the, yeah, in, in Nepal. Yeah, by the sound of it. Yeah. And so there's a bit of to and fro him that he, although in one sense they, they're allowed to practice one's faith freely, but he apparently, you know, um, crossed uh, another, you know, certain aspect of the law which. Got him in trouble, basically. Yeah. Well, are you aware that there are laws in Victoria here in Australia at the moment regarding praying for people, maybe, say, yeah. for instance, who are gay or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I always think, yeah. And you're asked, asked for prayers. You can get yourself into serious yeah. trouble for that. Yeah, So it's not just Nepal. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you get a jail sentence here, but you'd get a very substantial yeah. fine. Yeah. I've, I've read some of the, the parliamentary stuff, and it, it, it worries me about the freedom of speech in this country yeah. and the ability to not present what you think or what your church thinks, but what the Bible teaches. Yeah, yep. It seems as though they're trying to curtail it as much as possible. Yep, absolutely. Wherever, wherever possible. Mm. Um, I'll just skip to the last bit because um, Milo here kind of makes a bit of an application to us today. It says here in, in the subheading, Sharing Our Faith, he says, What does Jesus say about our duty to proselytize? Three texts in the book of Matthew stand out, revealing three phases, according to Milo, of witnessing. Passive, reactive, and active. Mm -hmm. Passive witnessing happens daily as we let our light shine before men by performing good works that honor God, Matthew 5.16. In other words, what Milo says, our daily lives demonstrate God's self-sacrificing love. At this phase, Christians are relatively safe from anti-conversion laws. But what if someone approaches us about our faith? Now we've entered the reactive phase. Do we keep silent to avoid offending them, or if in Nepal to avoid breaking a law? Jesus explains our duty in Matthew 10. Whosoever confesses me before men, 
him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Yes. But whoever denies me before men, him I also will deny before my Father. Pastor Kashab was in this phase when he responded to a couple's request for prayer. That's just a little bit more here. Finally, there is the active phase of witnessing, which Jesus describes in Matthew 28. Mm. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Pastor Kishab was in, the, on the, in this phase when he passed out gospel tracts in violation of Nepal's uh, right. penal code. Okay. Reflecting on his time behind bars, Pastor Kishab said, and he quotes, he's quoted saying, I became very near to him in that place. And so, Milo so ends the article. So is he out now? I think I'm he, trying to work out from what you read. Well, I think according to the article, in January, yeah, in January 24, he was, the, well, here it says, on January 23, 2024, the Supreme Court basically ordered for him to serve his one-year sentence. So his only hope now is getting the high court to reduce his sentence yes. to a fine. Yeah, so it seems that way. Yeah. So... What do you think about that article? Here is a man who is doing what pastors do, um, gets a phone call to to pray for a, a husband and wife. Next minute, he's in handcuffs. Seems to me, number one, that it was a setup. Sounds like, sounds a lot like it. Very much like a setup. Uh, number two, I think here in Australia we haven't really faced that yeah to any great degree but i can share something on here yeah go ahead um it's interesting back in the 1890s there were two people in new south wales two men who were seventh adventists and who were working on sunday now we live in largely a secular society here in australia now and uh, what you want to believe and what you want to worship and who you want to worship is pretty much up to you yeah but it, these guys uh, because they were working it wasn't anything too dangerous uh, i think one was working in his garden and one was and someone dobbed them in yeah and uh, the end result of that is they got put in stocks now i thought stocks went out many many years ago but they were put in stocks Right. For a couple of days because okay. they that wouldn't work on sun- Sunday laws. Wow. You know, Sunday. How long ago was that, Pastor Brennan? It's in the 1890s. So it was, it was so a fair way back. The exact date, about 1893, right. 1894. And when I read this, I thought, you know what? This type of thinking is worldwide. It's not just unique to Australia, it's not just unique to Nepal. It's unique, <laughs> not unique at all. Yeah. Um, you get countries that are authoritarian that's one thing but another thing is you get a country where a certain religion is the dominant religion in that country and often you will find that that dominant religion then does its best to preclude everybody else and if others are still allowed to practice their faith to bring in penalties penalizing them for practicing their faith i found this out when i went to russia it was rather interesting because the a predominant religion in Russia is the Russian Orthodox Church. Correct. And uh, we we ran a program over there five, six years after communism fell. Wow. It's probably one of the most interesting experiences of my life. And we ran this Bible program, and many people were, were turning to God. And we found that um, something along these lines. A lot of these people chose to be baptised. I think during the time we were there, there was about 150 people that were baptised. Yeah. But the bottom line of all of this was that 
I remember a minister saying to me, when these people step out and choose to follow Jesus and accept the Sabbath and accept these other things, uh, they probably, their family will be their church family because many of them will be disinherited by their family. Now, Christ predicted this, as you know. He said, unless you're willing to give up everything, father, mother, brother, sister, husband, wife, everything for me and make me first in your life, you cannot be my disciple. But there are consequences. There are penalties. And this man was saying to me, I said, well, how are these people going to handle this? You know, um, let's say 100 people are baptised. How many of them are going to stay in the church once they've uh, started to face this persecution? He said, oh, he said, we might lose 5%, 10%. He said, the rest will stay because he said their family after that becomes their church family. The church family is the one that surrounds them and looks after them and all the rest of it. Yeah. So are those times going to come back? You find them in the book of Acts, don't yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3. So, so anyway, let's see what happens. Yeah. So um, our, our prayers and thoughts go out to uh, Pastor Kashab in, in, yes, in Nepal and in just in a general sense for um, people all across the world who are being persecuted for their faith. And so, for sure. So we are lucky to be here in the beautiful country of Australia where we are not... Um, I guess subjected to such harsh um, religious laws currently, but um, we know that the Bible and prophecy indicates that a time will come when uh, will be our faith will be tested, and so today is the day where we we make our calling and election sure. Yes. The Bible says so. We hope you enjoy that article. So we're going to switch gears and we're going to promote our book offer uh, for our first time in our show today. We'll do it twice. We'll do it now and a little bit later. So if you'd like a free copy, this book is going along uh, in alignment with our theme about Jesus, Bible, and the end times. We have a wonderful opportunity to grab a free resource. The title of the book is entitled "End Time Hope: A Journey to Eternity" by Pastor Mark Finley. And oh, so, uh, be a good book. So, yeah, if for those listeners who know Pastor or know of Pastor Mark Finley's ministry, he is a, a uh, wonderful Bible expositor and preacher of God's word, and particularly in prophecy. So, if you've got want to understand some of these end time questions about Armageddon, Antichrist, how will Jesus return? It's all in this book, and Mark explained it in such a beautiful. He and, is very, and, very good at explaining yes. things. I would encourage people across Australia, guys, Grab a copy. put in for this book. Yes. So you heard it here. So, friends, if you would like a free copy, all you need to do is text the code SA205, and you yes. need to text that code to our number here, 04888 and we will get your details and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. So once again, the title of our book offer is End Time Hope, A Journey to Eternity by Pastor Mark Finley. We know that you will receive an absolute blessing. It will just will. help you understand Bible prophecy and the things we've been discussing in our theme this week. If you'd like the free copy, text the code SA205 to 488 Double one. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. 
Wonderful classic Christian song. So, welcome to Faith of Him Drive Time BQA. If you're just joining us, uh, it's Will and Brenton in the studio, and we are continuing the theme that our presenters have been looking at, 
which is the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. And so, Pastor Brandon, we are looking at the particular question tonight. Apocalyptic Mm -hmm. books, should they scare us? So um, I'm going to pass the time to you to kind of unpack what the Bible says. And uh, should we be scared of these these books that we well, find in the Bible? Before we get underway, I'd like to give a big shout out to Peter and Miriam, who I believe Peter and Miriam, Peter yes. and Miriam, are some folk who are friends of mine, and uh, I know they're listening tonight. So welcome, Peter hope Miriam, you enjoy the big time. Shout out, guys! Praise God! And uh, anybody else on the air from the southeast or other parts of the place where I've been recently who listen to this program. The topic was apocalyptic books, should they scare me? Now, Will, you and I probably have seen some fairly lurid, I think that's an accurate description, um, portrayals of end time events in uh, YouTube, yeah. in uh, print, social media and other things. Um, let's have a look at it from the point of view of what does the Bible say. First of all, let's identify the word apocalyptic. Apocalyptic comes from the word apocalypse, and the word apocalypse in the Greek means an unveiling or revealing. Right. So it's interesting, as we start this topic, to look at the two books in the Bible specifically that we class as apocalyptic books. The first one is the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And here's something interesting. When you get to the New Testament from Revelation chapter 10 onwards... A lot of what is being said comes straight out of the book of Daniel. Yeah. So you read the books of Daniel and Revelation together. So, guys, anybody listening who is a Bible student or wants to know more about the Bible, it's difficult to understand the book of Revelation without having read the book of Daniel first. And then you can start to compare some of the comparisons between ideas between words and between um, philosophies that come up in the book of Daniel and come up in the book of Revelation. Correct. It's interesting that when Revelation was written, the very earliest manuscripts called Revelation the Apocalypse of John. It was only later on that it was renamed Revelation. Let me read the, the very first verse. It says, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Hello? The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. So that's how the book starts. When you think of the book of Revelation, most people immediately think, oh, the seven last plagues, the mark of the beast. And all that stuff in there about, you know, the smoke of their torment ascending forever and ever. Revelation 14.10, which we'll get to a little bit later. All of those things are things that people tend to look at. In the book of Daniel, uh, you have both historical sections and prophetic sections. And the prophetic sections really, chapter 2 is prophetic, chapter 3 is historical, chapter 4 is historical. Chapter 4 deals with Nebuchadnezzar's conversion. Chapter 5 is historical. It's about the last hours, not the last days, the last hours of the Babylonian, yep. Neo-Babylonian Empire. So, Pastor Brennan, can I just, just try to jump may. in real go, quick? Go. So, kind of to decipher our question for tonight, um, apocalyptic books, we're kind of saying books like 
prophetic books like yes. the book of Revelation, the yes. last book of, yep. of the yep. Bible, and, and the Daniel, Old Testament book of Daniel. Look, even Ezekiel yep. has probably got some stuff in it, yep. and uh, Jeremiah as well. But probably Daniel and Revelation are the two books that we would yep. most call. Um, but I want to read something further. This This is interesting. Verse 3, which I didn't read in Revelation. Oh, of chapter, Revelation 1. chapter 1. Yep. Yeah, for those who are, who are listening or yep. have their Bibles out, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Three things, read, hear, keep. Okay. They're the three things mentioned in that verse. Now, here's the question. We're going to pose the question to start our um, discussion time off. If this stuff is meant to be so scary, yeah. why would God give people this counsel that we have just read in verse 3? Why would he actually pronounce Good a point. blessing on those who read it, hear it, and keep it? And when you get to Revelation 22, it actually tells you that those who are obedient will have life, a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. So I would say right at the start of this discussion period, should they scare me? The answer to that, I believe, is a resounding no. They shouldn't because otherwise why would God give them to yeah. people and say, I want you to read it, hear it, and follow it, but... There's a lot of dire warnings in here if you don't do it. I think we need to probably look at, um, <clears throat> during the rest of our time, we'll, we need to look at God's judgments. Revelation is full of a lot of judgments. Hey, before you move there, I think that's a fascinating insight you just shared, Pastor Brennan, that the opening verse, what you're saying is yeah. the opening verses of the book of Revelation is actually, it says it's the revelation of, of, of a person. Yeah, it's of a Jesus Christ. Of a person. It's it's a revelation that Jesus gave. It's about him. Yeah. But it's by him. Right. So it's about him and by him. Yeah. And so I think pretty much the answer in some ways we're answering right now, we shouldn't be scared of the, the book of Revelation because it introduces us to Jesus. It, it introduces us to a person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think that's fascinating because as you're sitting here talking to me, I think I'm trying to think in my mind of you know, various instances, what I've seen on online, social media, yes. whatnot, and yep. various media. I think sometimes these topics are very um, either dramatized or, you know, I'm thinking of They're certain... over-sensationalized yeah. often. And you're on the right track there. Um, why would God give us this stuff? <laughs> this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what Christ is doing, has been yep. doing, is doing right now and is going to do right. into the future. Uh, we should not be scared of this. We should actually read it, but we should read the dire warnings in it in the context of why is God telling us these things? Is he telling us these things to scare us? Is he telling these things yeah. to put the willies up of us? Now, you probably know, <laughs> anyone who's a student of Bible prophecy would know that the church of the Middle Ages, the one way they used to get people into church on Sunday morning is to um, put the fear of burning hell in them. Yeah. Now, um, Like a fear tactic. Yeah, like a fear tactic, yep. get them along to church. I know that for a fact because I've talked to people who were gr grew up in um, <coughs> churches and they said, oh, they really used to, um, <laughs> for instance, up at Wallaroo where they used to have copper mines. Yeah. Everyone was expected to be at church on Sunday morning. And you know what? If you didn't turn up, 
a deacon of the church or someone would come along and say to you, it's been noted that you weren't at church. Wow, if, you okay. at, if you weren't at church the second the people week, were you'd get count. a warning. Well. If you didn't get to church the third time, you'd probably lost your job in the mines. I've right. actually heard that from people up there. So um, the fear tactic of getting people into church, whether it's on Saturday morning or Sunday morning is irrelevant, the fear tactic doesn't work. It certainly doesn't work on Australians today, and I don't believe it's ever a tactic that a Christian should have used. Yeah. Jesus never used fear tactics to get people to follow him. Some of the scary patches uh, or passages, I'll just touch on them briefly. In Revelation uh, Daniel 7, verse 7, it talks about a beast that was dreadful and terrible, that had iron teeth and all the rest yeah. of it. I mean, imagine sticking that up as a poster <laughs> above your six-year-old son as he goes to bed at night. Here's the fourth beast of Reveler, of yeah. uh, Daniel chapter 7. <laughs> hey! <laughs> and then Daniel 7.21, it talks about a horn making war against the saints and prevailing, right. i.e. persecution, i.e. what you've been sharing with us earlier on in Q&A, yeah. all of those things. Then you come to Daniel 12.1. Daniel 12.1 says at that time, Michael Michael's will stand, stand up. up. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? First of all, who is Michael? We believe Michael is another name for Jesus Christ. Standing up in prophetic terminology yes. means action. Yes. It generally means judgment. When the king of the universe stands up, time's up. <laughs> and then it goes on in the rest of the verses, you know, to say there will be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation up until that same yeah. time. So. <clears throat> There's some of the ones out of the book of Daniel. And why is Daniel 12.1 talking that way? Because I believe probation has closed. Time's up. That's why Daniel's God is standing up, because in chapter 11, you find God's people being persecuted. You find the king of the north, the king of the south. This isn't our discussion topic today. Right. And probably if people really want to get their... Um, heads around something, read Daniel chapter 11. <laughs> but here in Daniel 12, which in those days when the book was written, it didn't have chapter divisions. It was the people who printed the Bible who put the chapter divisions in. So what, what do we get? We find Daniel's, yeah. Daniel's God standing up and it says all those whose names are in the book of life will be delivered. Yeah. So you can look at it from two ways. You can say it's scary uh, it is scary. If you're not in Christ, it's certainly something to be yep. worried about. But if you're in Christ, at that time, Michael, the prince, Jesus Christ is going to stand, stand up and up. say, enough, time's up. Correct. I, I, I think that's, yep. rather than being scary, that should be encouraging. Hey, Pastor Brendan, I want to just add something. This is you something that literally happening right now in my church where I am posted, right. uh, Paravista Church. Um, every Wednesday morning, we we have a, basically a Bible study group, a prayer group, and uh, we've been looking at the Book of Revelation for the last oh, yeah. number of months. Where are you up to? So we are up to right now, Revelation chapter seventeen. Ooh, and um, okay. can I tell you something? There's a, a good group of us there, and um, I want to give a shout out to Mr. John Pring. He may or may not be listening, but oh, John, this this yeah. man is like he's a scholar. He he's right. he's has handouts. This this man takes us a deep dive into the Book of Revelation, Good and on him. and we have been so blessed. I mean, just just uh, yesterday we were, he was unpacking the seven heads and the ten horns. You know, yes. all this very deep yeah. 
cryptic language, but yes. but the way he kind of brings it out from his study of the book of Revelation, it's so refreshing. And um, I get the sense in the room, and, and a lot of us are long-time Adventist Christians, we, in some ways we know certain aspects and chapters of Revelation, but but yeah, I, we, I always leave there feeling, man, there's, there's so much in there in that book. I, I thought I knew this part, but but you know I didn't understand this part. And and so um, it's good to see John has done his study because oh he's it, it, it he's is. fantastic. I mean this yeah. this guy he, he's a follower of Jesus. He's super yes. humble. And uh, yes, truth yes. be told, Pastor, uh, yes. Pastor Brandon, I, I typically run the the study and right. uh, of the first kind of. Parts, the first chapters, I was essentially taking the lead, and then um, I kind of gave him a chapter or two, and then because he's such a good teacher, I said, "Hey, you just keep going, mate. <laughs> I'll just, um, you know, take a back seat. I'll, yeah, I'll take a back seat." <laughs> so if you're out there listening, John, um, appreciate your your work and your, your um, and your your love for the Book of Revelation. That's why we we always end. We get into some deep historical uh, footnotes and this 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 beast power and this dragon, the chapter seventeen, all about the the harlot woman writing, you know, all this stuff. But then there was a line in chapter 17 that we looked at yesterday that says, but the lamb will overcome them. Correct. And so we always leave with a sense of, wow, despite all of this craziness that's going to happen in the world, that Jesus promises to be there with us. And and we it's been a end. fascinating journey. Um, we, we know where we've been going. War. Yeah. Even though sometimes the battles don't seem to be going too well, we know what the end of the war is going to yeah. be. And I think that's a very important point. When you come to Revelation by way of comparison with Daniel, you I could name any number of things, but I've only chosen a couple due to time factor. Right. In uh, Revelation 13, we find out about those who worship the beast in his image yeah. and that there are going to be two groups and those who don't worship the beast in his image are going to be economically deprived and ultimately there's going to be a death sentence put out by the laws of yeah. the land. Now, here's something interesting. I've never really thought about this. A lot of countries in the world these days are against the death penalty, correct? Yeah. Not in America. They, they're gaily killing them off there, particularly in Texas. <laughs> you don't want to get caught yeah. in Texas and go to jail. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's not a good place to be. Yeah. <clears throat> but I said to myself as I read Revelation 13 one day, I wonder when it says that ultimately a death decree is going to be um, pronounced upon God's people, who's going to carry out that death decree? It seems to me like the people of the land are going to be doing that because uh, we have a, an aversion to the death penalty. Now, that's yeah. something that, that's in the future. But when you get to Revelation 14, you find that Revelation 13 talks about the worshippers of the beast in his image. Revelation 14 talks about in, in the, um, the verses... This is the direst warning in the whole of Scripture, and I'm sure if John was listening, he would agree with me. Yeah. The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark in his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. What is the wine of the wrath of God? It's God's judgments, which has poured out full strength. God's um, warnings in the past will... Yeah. have always contained mercy. You go back to the flood. They had 120 yeah. years. Well, Noah was building this boat, and they're thinking this crazy guy is building this wooden vessel yeah. on dry land because he's going to float it one day. Yeah. Really? <laughs> um, they had 120 years to repent. In the time of Sodom and Gomorrah, 
the angels come in to get Lot and his wife and his daughters out of there and say, get out of here because we're going to destroy it. God has set times when he carries out judgment. Judge, um, what I find with this scare, these scary passages as you read them, Will, and it would be interesting if we had enough time to go into them in even more detail, God's warnings and God's discipline are usually carried out for one of two purposes, restorative. In other words, um, Hebrews chapter 12, 6 tells us that God disciplines his children because he loves them, just as yeah. we discipline our children. So discipline applied by God is for the purpose of restoring us to bringing us back. Yep. But when you get to the book of Revelation and you're talking about the mark of the beast and these types of things, and talks about them being tormented with fire and brimstone, this is punitive because okay. their probation has closed. They're not going to change. How do we know that? You go over to chapter 16, which is, <laughs> you're really getting into it now. Yeah. Uh, these are the seven last plagues, and many people, of course, quote from them, but I'm reading chapter 16, verse 8. I'm reading about the fourth plague. Some of these plagues, incidentally, for those on air, are mimic, not mimic, but they replicate the plagues that were poured out on Egypt. Yeah. Not identical, but <clears throat> they do replicate it. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the God, name of God, who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent and give him glory. Yep. Why did they not repent? Because the day of probation has closed. They don't want to repent. Yep. When you come down to the fifth bowl, it talks about darkness being caught out on the seat of the beast. It says they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. So I'm trying to, to, drew, to draw a, a line between the two. God's mercies, even today, are restorative. Yeah. He wants people to serve him and love him because he loved them. Correct. However, there's going to come a time, we believe prophetically very soon, where the door of probation closes. And as it says in Revelation 22, he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. Yes. Uh, that's still to come. So the door of salvation still remains open. If God is disciplining us today, it's for the purpose of loving us because he wants us in the kingdom of heaven. Yes. And um, unfortunately, these examples that I've used in Revelation 14 and Revelation 16 talk about a time when the door of mercy is no longer open. Yeah. Where they can no longer repent. Why? Because they've reached a point where their hearts are so hard, Will, that the Holy Spirit can't reach them anymore. Yeah. So people listening to this program on air around Australia today, if God is speaking to you through the word of God that we've shared Today, don't neglect it. Don't just put it off as just another funny radio program that's uh, yeah. that's given us a few different views, different from the ones that we were taught when we were growing up. If God is calling you to follow him, yeah. take that opportunity now to do yeah. it. Have you got any thoughts yeah. on this so far? Um, I love how you said that the idea of God's mercy <clears throat> is always mingled with his judgments. And so with the flood and with all these, the way God ultimately... Um, performed his judgments that there was always some type of warning and yes. i think 
Yep. I think that's why prophecy is so important because God is trying to reveal He the purpose of prophecy, prophecy is to warn us. Yes. And I'm thinking of um, the Gospel of John in chapter 14 when Jesus was saying he was going to leave, he was going to go to his Father, and he's going to send the comfort of the Holy That's Spirit. Right. He says in, I think, in chapter 14, 29, he says, I tell you these things before it happens, so that when it does happen, come to pass, you will believe. And I think to me, that's why prophecy is so important. God's not trying to scare us. He's trying to prepare us. Uh, I like that. Yeah, and he's trying to warn us, and he's trying to say, not hey. Scare us, yeah, and I'm thinking us. of Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, where mm-hmm. God says, hey, I'm the Lord, and this is how I, I can tell you things before it happens. Yes. Not so that we can... God wants to parade his, himself as some, you know, with his ego, but he's trying to say, hey, trust me. Yes. If I can predict these world empires. I know the past, I know the present, yeah. I know the future. And I yeah. think maybe yeah. somehow within this spiritual battle we're in, Pastor Brandon, that Satan doesn't want us to know no, the he truth. Does not. He does He knows. He knows. The devil knows he has a short time, Revelation says. Yeah. So he wants to confuse and distract human beings from ultimately hearing the gospel, I receiving so. the gospel and being ready for his return. Yes. So, sure. Pastor Brandon, we're going to have to pause here. We're we going to go to a break indeed. and we'll come back for the tail end of our show. Okay. Um, so, we want to promote our book offer one more time. Hey, if this is a conversation you you are interested in, you want to take a bit of a deeper dive, we want to text in. You have to get this book. It's called End Time Hope, A Journey to Eternity by Pastor Mark Finley. It is a book that will answer questions, how will Jesus come, talking about Armageddon, tribulation, everything that that is worth explaining and mentioning in the book of Revelation, Pastor Mark Finley will uh, take you uh, through that, and he well, does a wonderful Mark, job. Mark has a way of presenting things that yes. is almost second to none. Yeah. He's one of anybody who is not a hasn't got a PhD in theology. You yep. will understand Mark's book. Yeah, you will understand very how clear to interpret prophecy. Yes, he. I've listened to him. I've watched him. He's, He's got very, your stamp of clear. approval. He he puts it in such a way that you think to yourself a ten year old could understand yep. this. Yep. So there, there so you have please, it. Please, Pastor Brennan has given his utmost. Um, support and <laughs> for this book, and so do I. I'm giving so, it a plug. You're giving it a plug. So here we go. If you'd like a free and copy of and this book, no commission, no yes. commission, <laughs> a free gift, a gift of grace. So all you need to do, if you're listening out there in Radio Land, why don't you grab your phone and text the code SA205. You need to text that code SA205 to our number 04888. Eight zero eight double one, and we will get that book out to you as soon as we can. SA two zero five to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. By the way, before we go to our break, I just realised that we have Darren who is listening in, and he's oh, yes. text through for a book offer. Uh, Daniel's listening from here in South Australia. Oh, we want to give him okay. a shout out, yeah, and just now we've also got another person who's text through. It is Janelle from. New South Wales, we want to thank you, Janelle. We received your text. We'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. So Darren and Janelle and all the others who are listening in, we want to, and Daniel too. Don't forget, Daniel. We want to thank you for joining us uh, to this part of the show. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be back in just a few moments. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Heir of salvation, purchase of God Born of His Spirit, washed 
by Anna Weatherup. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. We have a few minutes to go in our show today. We do. Today, sorry. Our theme this week, the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. And if you've just joined us, we've been looking at the topic of apocalyptic books and should they scare us. And I think we're getting the heavy consensus um, that we shouldn't be scared of it because it reveals Jesus. And um, and Brenton has been doing a fantastic job. Hey, just before I pass the time to you, Pastor Brenton, um, 
We had a flurry of uh, texts coming through in the last couple of minutes. What, we had who, who are they? We had Cheryl uh, text in for the book, and she's um, here local in South Australia. We had Janelle tuning in from uh, Bega, New South Wales. Then we had yours truly, Peter. Get old Peter, Peter. Shout out for Peter. Shout out to Mister Peter. All right, who's here local as well? We want to Daniel and Daniel as well. We praise God for Daniel tuning and in. Darren. And Darren. So um, I think this is one of our best. Um, it is. It's one of our best responses. Best responses. Yeah, and really good. Just so you know, part of our our mission is that we want you to have a closer walk with Jesus. Absolutely. And um, we're, we're hoping and praying that when our team sends out a book offer, it's sparked an interest in your spiritual journey. And if not for yourself, but a friend, someone that yes. you are wanting them to know more about Jesus too. So we thank sure. you for all those. Even if you haven't. Text for a book offer, but you're listening at this hour. We want to say thank you for supporting Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. So, Pastor Brandon, we have a few minutes to go. Not many. And um, <laughs> why don't you wind it up for us? We'll Are there a couple of gems we before we close out today? First Thessalonians 5, for those who are listening on air and want to look at it after we've finished our program, verses 1 to 11 are worth reading. Right. But Paul says to the Thessalonian believers, but concerning the times and the seasons, he's talking about the end of the world, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as the thief in the thief night. In the night and he yeah. goes on and talks about a few other things. <clears throat> what could I say about that? Basically, God wants us to be informed. Yep. Uh, I think it was Amos, wasn't it, in Amos 3, 7, where it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing except he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. God does not want us to enter heaven ignorantly. He wants us to enter heaven intelligently. But he wants us to enter heaven because we love him, because we recognize his love for us. He forewarning us (coughs) as to what's going to happen in the future. Amen to that. I I like verse I like verse 9 and of the same chapter it says for God did not appoint us to wrath what's wrath judgment but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep sleep is talking about death we should live together with him so yeah. Paul is saying I'm telling you these things, and God has given us these things because he doesn't want us to be lost. Reminds you, doesn't it, of Second Peter 3, 8, uh, when in verse 7 it talks about a thousand years in God's sight is yeah. a day. It's a day, yeah. And a day is a thousand years. And then in verse 8 it says something along the lines of, um, for God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God's plan is that everyone be saved. Now, we went through this one other night in a in a study. Not everyone is going to be saved because it comes down to personal choices. And the, the Revelation text that I read earlier on in Revelation 14, where it talks about anyone who worships the beast and the, his image, yeah. it's not talking about a church. It's not talking about a corporation. not talking about a congregation. It's talking about individuals. Anybody yeah. who chooses to worship the beast in his image, this is what the consequences will be. And, of course, Paul finishes off in verse 11 by telling them, therefore, to comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Yeah. In other words, he's saying, guys, 
I don't know. Will, have you got um, Saturn Nav in your car? Uh, no, I got you Google got Maps on my car, on my phone. Google Maps. <laughs> some cars have Saturn Navs, yeah. some have Google Maps. Yeah. What do you use that for? What's the purpose of using it? To know where I'm going. Yeah, okay. Yeah, to, to know where you're going. Have you ever thought sometimes it doesn't send you by the quickest direct route? Yes, <laughs> many a time. I know a number of people who've got sat-nav in their car and they say, we got to your place and they came. we came via. And I said, oh, did you come via Broome, Darwin and yep. uh, Brisbane before you got to Adelaide? <laughs> <laughs> so basically the Bible is, I believe, given to us and the apocalyptic books of Daniel and Revelation are not given to scare us. They're given us valuable information, but beyond information, I think Revelation particularly talks about... um, Let me read one text as we sort of wind wind this up. This is a cry that is made by the 24 elders who we believe with the saints that were resurrected when Christ was resurrected. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp, <coughs> golden bowls full of incense. And it identifies what the incense is, prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. That's the good news of the gospel. Amen. These people who are in heaven, clearly, because the scene is in heaven, not down here on earth, these are the saints that were resurrected when Christ rose from the dead and went back to heaven with him as the first fruits. These these people recognize there's only one reason why they're because you have redeemed us by your blood. And I think that that's very important because that's where we are today. Yes. <clears throat> However, can I finish by reading one text from First John, which is a text that we know well, and this is the principal motivation for being able to read the Apocalypse, both Daniel and Revelation, to be able to read it um, and read it without fear and trembling. Yeah. Chapter 4 says this, Love has been perfected among us in this. This is John talking, same guy who wrote the book of Revelation, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Is that comforting or disturbing? It should be comforting. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Amen. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. The primary motivation for loving God is because of his love for us. Yes. The primary reason for reading the apocalypse without fear is to read it to understand God better, to understand his ways, and particularly to understand in the book of Revelation that this old world is not going to keep going the way it's going. It's going to come to a point where God's going to step in and say enough. He's going to destroy this earth and he's going to unfortunately destroy sinners and Satan and his evil angels. They'll all be destroyed and this earth will be remade as it was when uh, the Garden of Eden was present. Yeah. Uh, it, in fact, I believe it will be even better than that. <clears throat> so what I've, I've put here is 
If we read these apocalyptic books without fear and we can share them with others, Daniel 12.3 tells us that we are going to shine like the stars in the firmament. I believe it means this. God wants us to be seen ethically, morally, and spiritually as bright stars. Amen. Brilliant stars in a very dark earthly sky to his honor and glory. And I think that in summary, these graphic descriptions are given by a God of love to warn, correct, but clearly point out the consequences of continuing in our sinful path. So we will turn to Jesus and be saved. And that's my prayer for all our listeners. Praise God. On this Thursday afternoon right around Australia. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Brennan. It's always a pleasure to be with you in the studio. Hey, uh, our time is up and uh, we want to thank you once again for tuning in, uh, for being with us right through to the end of our program. Um, just a bit of a heads up, please join our host tomorrow, Nick and Tracy, as they look at the question, how do we live in the waiting time as they round out our very theme? Very important topic. Yeah, very important on the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. Again, we want to thank you to our listeners uh, for tuning in today, and uh, we appreciate all your support. And so until next time, we want to leave you, as we always do, with the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, found in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and verse 27, and Jesus Christ says these words, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. On behalf of myself and Brenton here on Drive Time BQ&A, may God bless you and we'll see you next time.